Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, here we are. We knew that last week was the last time we'd talk before the midterms, and this is the first time we're talking after the midterms. We are going to break everything down this week about the good, the bad, the ugly, and what happened Tuesday. Actually, in the next segment, Old Roy, Trisha, the full cast is going to be here. Maybe we'll have them for a couple seconds, actually. And just get their thoughts on less about analysis, which we're going to do right now, and more about just the timeline. How did you feel on Tuesday? How did you feel on Tuesday night? How do you feel right now? I know we're using the F word. That's the feel word. We don't talk about that much, but hey. This is the time to do it since we're all done with everything. Um, we'll do that in the next couple segments. But for now, I'd like to talk with you about a few things. One is that it looks like one of the reasons Republicans didn't do as well as anticipated. And that is really up for debate, too. Okay. What did you think going into the night really is what matters about how you, how you figured it went. Uh, I thought it was going to be a bigger wave simply because of historical precedent that usually when a president is in power, the opposite party gains a lot of seats in the House. The Senate was going to be a tougher reach this time, but um, we're still waiting there. And then also because uh, he's he's historically unpopular, Biden. So going into this night, you figured based on the precedent of the last roughly 20 years that the party in power was going to lose big. Well, they lost, but they didn't lose big. So the question is why? Here's the best data analysis that I've found. It's twofold. One, younger voters showed up to vote in this election more than usual. Why? And female voters, younger female voters, probably abortion. Um, Democrats spent a lot of money getting that message out, even though abortion in most deeply blue states had no bearing on this election. Um, Illinois abortion laws weren't going to change even if Darren Bailey won. You know, he he doesn't have the control of the Congress of Illinois. And most blue states were like that. So I don't think these voters necessarily are high propensity enough, high information enough to really recognize that. They're voting based on just their their momentary reaction to an issue. So that is uh, one thing that the the young vote really came out in this election and kind of stifled the wave a bit. The other is that Democrats spent more money, and Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump both didn't spend as much as they should have in the races that they should have. 
as well as Republican leadership, didn't really have a cohesive message. If you went into the voting booth this time and you were voting against Biden, then you knew what you were doing. If you were just not, tr- if you're trying to figure out what to vote for, though, were you voting for lower inflation? Because Republicans aren't really going to be able to do anything other than just slow it down maybe a little bit or hit the brakes on spending, but that's going to take time. So there wasn't really a great message there. It was just inflation bad. It was crime bad. But how are you going to solve those things? So you can say a lot about Republicans being a solution to those problems, but I didn't hear a whole lot of how. And that's that's on the leadership. That's on Kevin McCarthy. That's on Donald Trump. That is on the people who were running these campaigns for not going out and just picking an issue because there were so many of them. That may have been the problem is that there were so many issues to run on that you didn't really know which one they were running on. It was just kind of this collective thing where you were voting for red or blue based on history. What does he know? Wiggins, America. So it's those things combined. Now, let me also turn here and make a few points that are not just data-driven. This is just coming from uh, my own observations. You can agree or disagree. But this seems to be, to me, the new norm in politics that 2020 showed, that 2022 now showed, that maybe we're getting past wave elections in general because turnout is consistently high. And maybe that's just a Trump-era thing. Don't know. We'll have to see. But certainly in the last couple cycles, we have had and now will continue to have roughly a split Senate. We had It was 50-50. We'll see what it's going to be this time. But it could be, again, 50-50. And then we also have had a bare, you know, barely Democrat majority in the House after 2020, which is really weird because Republicans lost the White House. They lost the Senate. Yet they gained seats in the House that year. Fast forward to this year. They may pick up a seat in the Senate. They're going to pick up enough seats in the House to take it back, but barely. So I'm wondering if because we're so polarized and turnout will continue to be high for both parties, because that's, that's how you get wave elections, is that your own side tends to show up at least average to above average, and the other side tends to show up below average, and it causes a wave. If turnout, because of the polarization, because every election is considered to be the biggest election of our lifetime, every single one, this is the biggest election you're ever going to vote in. And it's true, you know, every one has that high stakes. If that's the case, and, and turnout remains high for both sides, regardless of who's in power at the time, then what you're going to see is continuing very close Senates, although those do benefit Republicans a little bit just because of the map. Uh, just because of the number of states that are red versus blue. But the House will just kind of flip back and forth in small ways like this. That's my overarching political prediction. Now, I can tell you Tuesday night, I wasn't really feeling anything. I didn't I didn't feel good. I wasn't feeling like there was anything to celebrate. But they still looked like they did okay. It was basically a giant shrug the whole night. Which being in media, we tend to look for kind of sensational things, things to celebrate or things to to look down on. And there just wasn't much. It was just kind of there. So you left Tuesday night going, what am I supposed to be feeling right now? 
Uh, I know that personally, and this is stepping way out of the political box for a second, but personally, I went to bed Tuesday night late, first of all, just because we were doing coverage for so long. And then I kept watching to see what was going to happen. And hey, look, we're still watching. I know that I walked away going, I've been focusing too much on politics and not enough on prayer. I feel like I need to be praying more for my country, for my family, for myself, um, for my colleagues, for whoever, and and for things to be better there rather than political. Because as we've said before, and many other people say often, and, and it's, a, it's a good phrase because I, I think there's so much truth to it, that politics is downstream from culture. But also, and I add usually, that culture is downstream from spirituality or morality. And anytime there's these things that go on, these, these big, these midterm elections, you know, what's the state of the country? You know, you get, you get a barometer for a moment, and then you go back to trying to figure out how to change things politically. I use this opportunity to examine myself and say, am I focusing too much on the outcomes and not on the causes? Which to me is spirituality and is the Holy Spirit working through my life to just bless others, to be around others, let people know that I care about them and to pray because I do think that changes things too. There's a lot of people that I'm never going to have contact, even though I work in this position, you know, I'm never going to have contact with Donald Trump, not that I know of anyway, but I can pray for the man. I'm never going to have contact with Joe Biden, but I can pray for the president and I should be doing that and I'm just not doing it enough. So that's a little bit of my own personal feelings after Tuesday night that the process that I've gone through, maybe that means something to you, maybe it doesn't, but I figured I'd just share it. Of course, we are going to be doing a lot of analysis. I just gave you some political analysis, and I find that fascinating, so it's not as if we're not going to talk about that. In fact, we got two hours of that coming up. We're going to talk a whole lot of politics because it is fascinating, and it is important, and I'm just telling you where my mind and where my heart is at going into this show today, and I kind of want to stay here. I like this spot. I just tend to drift from it. So we'll talk about all these things coming up. Again, Old Roy, Trisha coming into studio next. It's the full cast back in action. Stick around. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over Think what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... 
you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It is like the the boys are back in town. I should have played that song. Uh, Roy, old Roy is here. Hey, and so is Trisha. Hey. This is maybe the first time we've all been in the same studio in roughly a month. Feels so, good. Mm-hmm. We we had to do this, though, because it's midterm week, and I wanted to get a discussion going with you guys. I'm going to use the F word that you're not supposed to use in radio, and especially in conservative radio. It is a four-letter F word. The word is feel. Mm. <laughs> you're not supposed to. We, we're Mm-mm. we're all mental here. Mm-hmm. We don't feel anything. We vote right. with our heads, not our hearts, and we're proud of that. However, now that that's all done, let's talk about our feelings. Uh, okay. And we, me and you, Trisha, were totally locked in on election night because that is what we do. Yep. You were here at the station producing and and running crazy for the whole night i was at annie fry's house we were doing a full digital coverage of everything did you watch were you engaged roy i mean what were you paying attention to i was engaged i don't have cable at home we don't watch much tv other than streaming occasionally so i went to the pub and watched it there oh so we i don't know that we've ever actually said that that's what your business is you own a pub. I do. I own a pub. Do you want to share that? You know, <laughs> he didn't anything? actually say that before, though. He just said, I went to the pub. It could have been any pub. Oh, it could have been any pub. Hey, darn it. You're right. Let's stick, with, let's stick with the feelings. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I did. I was engaged. I watched and was infuriated, as usual, by the coverage. And um, it, it's, it's frustrating when the media create an expectation and then act surprised when it doesn't happen. That's exactly what I did. (laughs) That's exactly, that's what I feel like we... That's what we did. ...did collectively. Yes. Felt uh, we created a a scenario where this big red wave was happening and we were going to get these big, huge wins. And then when everything kind of just stayed the status quo, it felt extremely disappointing. Well... <clears throat> to in our defense, and I, in mine particularly, I'm just looking at numbers, and the polling was just not good. The best pollers, the ones that had the best track record over the last few cycles, were some of the worst. And so, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, that's the only predictive measure that we have is looking at past success equals hopefully future success. And in this cycle, it just wasn't. Did it shake your faith in polls? Uh, somewhat, but the problem is that's the nature of polls is that it's still at the end of the day was probably within the, uh, margin of error for a lot of them. It just was tilted in the opposite direction in the margin of error and in such close elections that matters. But don't you think there was a lot of, on the right, a lot of people, looking at those numbers and saying well this is this is close the republican is still behind but they're closer than we thought they'd be so this could be mm-hmm. 
you know, there was a lot of could-bes. Well, the problem is that historically, and especially since Trump, but even before that, there's always a tiny bit of left-wing poll bias because right-wingers tend to not answer polls as much. Right. Or uh, in the Trump era, people claim that Trump voters just would deliberately mess up polls. <laughs> so uh, so there's a there's a baked-in gap there that people were assuming this would be filled in because the fundamentals going into this year, you would still stand by and say, in a year where you have a, a Democrat president who is historically unpopular, it's always a referendum on the president, and things are so bad with the economy that the fundamentals line up for a red wave. And the numbers, as we got closer to the election, seemed to be leaning that way. So if you're just looking at data, that's the data. So, But I think conventional wisdom, people are still, in, in the pundits are still holding on to those conventional wisdom notions. And I think the last several presidential election cycles have, if they've shown us anything, is that the conventional wisdom doesn't work anymore. Trump sort of blew that up. And to to put all of your eggs in that, well, here's what usually happens, so therefore it's going to be a red tsunami because things are closer. You know, it just, that part was, I wasn't getting excited going into it. I wasn't expecting it because it, what to me it looked like is they were trying to create the news before there was news. Mm-hmm. Either way, they win because either it happens and they were right and this is a big deal or it doesn't happen and that's a big story. I, I agree with you about presidential elections. And actually, I mean, in the first segment, I, I broke down a little bit of what I think is happening here. But um, in the midterms, though... We haven't really seen midterms. You're talking about presidential elections, the, you know, Trump kind of blowing that up. Mm-hmm. But even his own midterm in 2018 did follow the pattern of Democrats taking a big sweep of the House back. They didn't quite get the Senate that year, so that was unexpected, but it was also a really good map for Republicans. But still, that was a wave election in a way, and that's midterms. The midterms tend to be that way. So let me go back to feel. Let okay. me go back to the four-letter word here mm-hmm. and say, actually, I'll ask you, Tricia, going into the night, you you don't, you do this because this is what you do. You're almost like just the facts. I'm here to serve and I'm here to work. Mm-hmm. And you don't get as emotionally invested as somebody like I do or some of our hosts, or Roy, of course, who, who does nothing but feelings. <laughs> All the feels. He's <laughs> yeah. tearing up right now. Um. So going into it, I don't know really what your expectations were or if you had expectations other than the people around you saying things, but did you? From a coverage standpoint, and this is going to sound a little bit uh, sacrilege on a conservative talk station, I was looking for one upset anywhere, anywhere, either way. Okay. I, we knew that Schmidt was going to take Missouri. That was awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. I would, I would have been extremely disappointed had it gone the other way, and I'm not even going to use this as an example, but if, one, if even one of these races would have gone a different way, even if it would have been for the Democrats, just to add some fuel to the fire, to add some fuel to the coverage fire. Oh, because you're from thinking a production, programming. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking from a programming production ease of covering this thing, 
lighting of fire, something to get people talking. But it was just race after race was, well, saw that coming. Well, saw that coming. Well, that saw that coming. And Which is weird because it was such a strange election in terms of outcomes. But it was pretty much, well, this is kind of what we expected or this is at least not this is not crazy. a surprise yeah it would have been a surprise almost would have been the the governor's race in illinois flips or some of these yeah. races that were historically democratic seats flipping republican or vice versa any kind of upset would have been something that would have made us all go holy moly but instead it was kind of like it yeah, was like a big shrug Exactly. The whole mm-hmm. midterm was a giant yeah. national shoulder shrug. Yeah. Which is, I think that's what, like, my own feelings going into it was I was pretty optimistic based on the fundamentals that I just explained. But that coming away from it that night, it felt like this this should have been validation for the way I feel, which is that the leader of the country right now, Joe Biden is doing a terrible job. And I look around and I think most people agree with that, right? That night, most people just kind of went, I wonder if the fact that many in the Democratic Party weren't using him and they were saying, I'm running independent of the president. He is not, I do not need him for my campaign. And almost like putting off a message that they too felt that he wasn't doing a great job. Maybe. If that helped. Uh, yeah, and maybe abortion um, was a driver. They it say, was. you know, numbers-wise, that there were a lot more young voters this mm-hmm. year, and that probably was the prop that helped keep Democrats well, uh, afloat. And when you have your superstars, when you have your Taylor Swifts and your Harry Styles going out and get out the vote, vo- vote blue down the ticket. And I actually was speaking with um, one of our account executives yesterday about... Um, Missouri's turnout and Amendment 3 in particular and the legalization of marijuana, which is I know a lot of people on both sides of the the pro pot, the anti pot people have issues with the constitutional amendment nature of it. But it's also something that would have had the effect of bringing out voters that may not have voted that were probably Democrats. Mm -hmm. Like it it would have been a poll driver. Or at least those are um, those are libertarian minded people or libertarian minded people who may have voted uh more than usual yeah. in Missouri. And not that that was the reason. Um, For like the county exec stuff. Yeah, but it it probably did bring people to the polls. Not that that's the reason they put it on the ballot, but that probably has had a ripple effect there mm-hmm. to bring out some of these um, more left-leaning voters. Well, let's pause there for a second. We'll take a very short break because we've been talking about election night itself. Um, let's let's pause and then come back and then talk about everything since because there's been a lot of developments even since Tuesday night or Wednesday morning however you want to put it we'll be right back Wiggins America we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
We're back with America. So we were just talking with both Trisha and Old Roy, our full cast in studio here. Uh, love catching up with you guys, especially in such a big week for the country and the next two years anyway. Um, we were talking about election night itself. Trisha gave some good insights onto coverage and things and how we were covering it here on 97.1. Roy was talking about how terrible the media has been <laughs> in general and lumped us in with <laughs> it, I coverage think. coverage was crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I was talking about uh, how great of a job I did, even though the polling was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you did so well. I, I agree. You got nothing right, but everything was, you did. <laughs> hey, it wasn't, that's, that was my whole did. point, though. It wasn't me. I was just reading mm-hmm. the the experts, the so, the so called experts. You look stylish doing it too. I don't think we've pointed that out. Uh, no, we don't talk about the way I look enough. No, we don't. Because mm-hmm. I look pretty good most of the time. You had a, a couple of different hats. Uh, are you talking about figurative or literal? Both. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do have multiple hats. I'm talking about your election coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were oh, I, I saw multiple hats. There were literally there were multiple literally hats. Multiple yeah, I had hats a news on your head. Hat. I had just a normal baseball cap like I'm wearing now. Mm-hmm. And I had the uh stovepipe hat that Abraham Lincoln wore sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that, So that's what I was referring to. Okay. Yeah. Uh thank you for that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. uh I do want to talk about what's happened since cuz we're into the weekend now. Um the way you felt on election night versus the way you feel today. Better, worse, do you feel like uh, you kind of overreacted to the lack of tsunami and now you're kind of coming back? I mean, where are you at, Roy? Well, election night, all of my rage was directed at the media, as you pointed out. Yeah. Specifically Ryan. Specifically Ryan, yeah. Um now I'm I'm sort of in a way I'm I'm resolved, but I'm more depressed. I think if you go back and look at the tape, I do believe on this show I said that if Republicans don't sweep the midterms, it's all over for the country, for the country, forever, for ever. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't remember that, but okay, check the tape. It's okay. there. I'll check all the tapes. <clears throat> um, no, it's just it. What's where I'm kind of at now is. I don't know how much of of the results have to do, like you pointed out. I mean, it, such a, a terrible president right now with terrible ratings, countries going in the wrong direction in a whole bunch of different ways, um, and there was n- nobody cared enough. I think the, the the people, the Democrats, are just so anti everything. Republican that it, we could have had anybody. They have created an environment <clears throat> where, if you are progressive, I don't want to say center left, but certainly if you are left, you identify as a leftist Democrat. You think that Republicans, generally, not maybe the people you know, but right. Republicans are Hitler. Right. You think these people, and therefore you, it justifies anything you want to do. And and no accountability for your side because well at least they ain't Hitler yeah so who cares about ten percent inflation at least at least Joe Biden and Hitler yeah you know? I mean it, it's it's frustrating because you have that on one side where anything goes because like you said um, you know the other side's evil but then what the other part that makes me sad since we're feeling. 
<laughs> is that there wasn't enough of a surge or an outcry from the Republicans that I think, I, I mean, I all joking aside, I was kind of with you. I was feeling like, yeah, there's a lot of us that feel this way mm-hmm. about these, the social things and the uh, all of it. And it's just the realization is maybe there isn't as many people as we thought, or are they just getting overrun with with the other side who's not even interested in playing the game anymore they're just they're right everybody's wrong anything goes i don't know it just it just sort of left me with this where do we go from here i don't think you're alone in that yeah trisha since election night you know thoughts direction how do you how do you again using the word feel here how do you feel about where things stand today versus Tuesday. I feel relatively apathetic. I'm not sure that I feel any kind of, I know that I don't feel any kind of uh, extra pep in my step or optimism for the future. I do think it'll be interesting to see how things shake out over the next couple of years leading into the presidential election, what the Republican Party decides to do, and keeping in mind that the Democrats don't have a great option either. It's not like they're going into 2024 super strong. No bench. No bench. None. I was watching SNL against my better judgment the other night, and they even did a, a horror movie skit on their lack of candidates on in the Democratic Party and got like after they got they navigated through this nonsense, they ended up back on Hillary and then Joe Biden. They're like, Joe Biden's not that bad. Joe Biden's not that bad. <laughs> and it, it'll just be interesting to see two parties because I do think that the Republican Party is obviously at this this fork in the road where do we go the Trump route? Do we not go the Trump route? I don't think that there's going to be a, a yeah. coming together. Um, That's going to be the dominant yeah question i mean it's going to be answered fairly fast too but not not decisively because we'll know probably within a week whether he's going to announce because he said november 15th he's going to say something and we assume that's going to be his announcement but then it it had been i think before tuesday that's a big point before tuesday it had been a foregone conclusion that once he announces he's going to be the candidate i don't know that that's the case anymore doesn't mean he won't because he's still He's still the former president. He's still Donald Trump. The dude sucks up all the air in the room. Mm -hmm. So when he announces, it could still be, well, that's it. But everybody's telling Ron DeSantis to run right now. And I've talked to John Hancock, who is a, he's over at KMOX, but he fills in on 97.1 sometimes. He's a political strategist by trade. That's what he does. And he said to me, this was months ago. Because we were talking about DeSantis running, and I said, he's not going to run if Trump runs. And he said something to me that this is what the strategists are going to be saying to Ron DeSantis, which is why I'm saying it. Your your window for these things is like that. So if, if you miss your moment, people are saying, oh, but he could just run in 2028, or, you know, he's the next man up no matter what, which could be true, but in politics... Man, the wind blows and then it goes away. Yep. And you got to grab your moment. And that is, I guarantee you, that's what people are telling him right now. And how much damage does that cause? Say this is all hypothetical and I know we'll know some of it maybe sooner. Although Trump's a stringer alonger. 
I, he I'm, certainly I'm is. not convinced that he's going to come out and say and make any kind of official statement. But maybe he will. But how much damage does a Trump DeSantis head to head do to the Republican Party? How, yeah. how much do the Republicans tear each other apart, creating a pathway for somebody like Joe Biden to win again? Well, I, th- I think yeah. that Florida was the only story. That was the story. Night. Yeah, that was the big one and, for Republicans. And so I think what that's going to do to a lot of independents or a lot of centrist Republicans who are, you know, all of the conservatives who are like, I wish Trump would just stop Twitter. You know, I, I'm they're fatigued with Trump. I think what the election showed us is that there wasn't a massive mega wave. Mega mega. Mega Maga. Mega Maga. <laughs> but DeSantis, what happened in Florida, for whatever reason, it makes him now the front runner. And and Trump sort of didn't really pick a fight with him, but did a little dig at him. I don't know. He does right? seem to be picking a fight the with him. The sanctimonious comment. But and saying, hey, if you run, I got a lot of dirt on you. That, oh, he, yeah. I missed that. I mean, story. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. Oh, boy. I think See, it's I think already it begun. Was, yeah. I think people are, are you're going to have your diehard Trump people. And I, I like Trump a lot just because I think he could do a lot of the things that need to be done because he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. DeSantis, for all of his good points, is still a lifelong politician. He's not going to want to burn it down completely. But I think the momentum has shifted completely to him, given the fact that Florida was the only bright spot. It really was. It was um, a it, that was a wave. Yeah, that happened in Florida, which is coincidentally where a hurricane has just also hit with real waves. Um, all right, let's stop there. Uh, Roy, you're going to come back next hour. Trisha, we uh, we're going to do more with you but i want to i want to wait and and talk about this later anyway that's a lot of behind the scenes stuff yo let's debunk y'all because there's some narratives out there that need to be addressed some of those are that republicans ran weak candidates or too far right candidates maga candidates and therefore that's why they lost another is that trump was on the ballot here and trump lost So I don't believe either one of those things. You can think what you want. There's some anecdotal evidence for it, but I think there's more against it. Let's go through state by state, and I'll tell you why. Let's start with a state like Wisconsin, for instance. Ron Johnson is a right candidate. He is, I don't know if he's MAGA, he almost precedes MAGA, but he's definitely in the question everything category. I would say America first category. That dude won. And I wouldn't say he won easily, but in a swing state, you know, he they called it pretty quickly on election night. Not pretty quickly, but on election night is quickly at this point, right? Uh, considering that we're still waiting on a couple states. Ron Johnson in Wisconsin did fine. Let's go to Ohio. J.D. Vance. Now, that state has moved right dramatically, but J.D. Vance was somebody who would not have won his primary without the Trump endorsement, was very far into MAGA territory, and won easily in Ohio. That could be the shifting demographics of Ohio, but he did. Florida. Now, I don't want to get into the DeSantis thing yet, but DeSantis is cut from the same cloth, it seems anyway, 
Trump, of course, helped him get elected originally, and there's been some words about that recently. But DeSantis won easily. So did Marco Rubio. Uh, Looking across more at the swing states then. Or actually, Christy Noem, how about her? You know, she's she's in the Trump category, you'd say. Maybe a little bit distance from him, but not quite. Um, Kelly Chewbacca, looking at Alaska. Kelly Chewbacca is much more of a conservative than Lisa Murkowski. Right now, she's winning that race. It's ranked choice. So we don't know exactly how that's going to turn out, but Kelly Chewbacca is winning, and that's because, probably, of a Trump endorsement, or at least that she's doing better because she's further right, she's further conservative than Lisa Murkowski. So far, let's pause here. So far, does anything I'm saying sound like it's a referendum on Trump in the negative? And you're like, well, no, Ryan, but you haven't gotten to the states that people are talking about. Okay, all right, well, we're getting there. Let's next go to Nevada. Nevada, I, boy, is that down to the wire, but it Adam Laxalt is still holding on. I still believe that he's going to have it, but it's going to be really close. Either way, Nevada wasn't even in play the last couple cycles, and all of a sudden, they might have a Republican senator, and they're almost for sure going to have a Republican governor. So does, is that a referendum on Trump? Because Trump endorsed Laxalt. Well, that, that actually looks pretty... Even if he ends up losing, that's still better than it was because Nevada wasn't even in play. Okay, let's go to Missouri. Eric Schmidt <laughs> kind of got the Trump endorsement. He did fine, but you could say that's demographics. Missouri's moving right. It's getting redder, but he did fine. Here's the big states that people want to talk about, and these are the ones that were going into the election. Everybody's going, ooh, what's going to happen in those? Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz got the Trump endorsement there, and so did uh, Doug Mastriano. Both of them lost. That's the strongest case you could make against Trump right there. I would say actually more Doug Mastriano than Oz because Oz isn't really a MAGA candidate. That was the question of why did Trump endorse him in the first place? Because he's not really a Trumpy candidate. He's not a MAGA guy. He's not an America first kind of guy. He's a moderate. You'd think maybe that actually would help him in Pennsylvania. Didn't turn out to be the case. Maybe Trump should have endorsed McCormick, which sounds like, he had a lot of back and forth on whether what he was going to do, maybe even Kathy Barnett, and ended up with Oz, and Oz lost. So that's a mixed bag of saying that Trump lost there because Oz was the least like Trump of any of the candidates that Trump endorsed. Now, Mastriano was a very Trump candidate, a very America first. I think he's terrific, actually, and he lost pretty handily in that election. So that's the strongest case for, oh, Trump didn't carry it, that I think you can make right there. Because if you go back to the other states now, Arizona, Kerry Lake is still, I mean, according to the numbers that you're looking at at the moment, it, it regardless, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to say it's so close that in the last cycle, um, Republicans lost the Senate seat there. In this cycle, they still could get it, although it's going to be a reach. But they could take the governorship, and Carrie Lake, they don't get much more Trumpian than Carrie Lake. So if it was a referendum on Trump, she would have lost badly, and she didn't, regardless of what happens. She didn't. Now Georgia, the last one, the last big one anyway. Herschel Walker definitely got the nomination because of Trump, for sure. Now Brian Kemp won that race more easily over Stacey Abrams, and he was not a Trump guy. Herschel Walker... He could still win. 
that's the last case you could make that Trump was on the ballot and didn't do as well in this case. Is Herschel Walker didn't carry it and Brian Kemp did. Brian Kemp being the governor wasn't a Trump guy. Herschel Walker is. Therefore, that's a referendum on Trump. Okay, I can acknowledge that. But we don't know if Herschel Walker lost yet either. So, so hang on. But I think that's enough of a case right there that I'll back away. We're almost at the end of the hour, so I have to. And say, consider that when people bring up that talking point. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 